This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2024, and we are now officially 70 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. With Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, Nick Harris, Zach Wolchuk back with us today. I'm Kyle Yeomans. What's going on, Zach? How's it going? Good, man. Uh, I've been itching to get back here. I told Bobby, hey, man, you can uh, can sit out of this one. (laughs) I, I had something I couldn't make Tuesday. Bobby and I are alternating. I said, Bobby, I'm jumping in on Thursday, okay? You can go ahead and take a back seat. And then you guys fought for it, fist fight all the way through, and you won. So yeah. congratulations. I did. We'll have to check up on Bobby later and make yeah. sure he's doing okay. Brian, he's how are you today? I'm doing great. I wasn't feeling well yesterday. I think Vegas got to me a little bit. I don't think it was oh, the alcohol no. or anything like that we were dealing no. with. I just think there was a lot going on in that uh, radio row. Yeah. So couldn't hear, couldn't talk, which mm. is very bad for me to do. Uh, so, yeah, feel a lot better today. Happy to be on the draft show and ready to roll. Oh, yeah. We've got some fun scenarios to talk about, but we're going to scrap all that. And we're only going to talk about how college football video games are back for the first time in there 11 you years. Man, so we're you just beat gonna, me to it. Yeah, we're just going to not talk about anything else today. Yeah. That's, that's all it's in the game. About. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you beat me wait. to it. That's going to be a lot of fun. No, on all serious notes, Brian put together a list of would you rathers. And yeah. We're going to go <laughs> through that. And, and there's a lot to get to. I want to go straight into it. I don't want to waste any time here. I want to say would would you rather on a couple of these prospects? Now, keep in mind, this is not Cowboys related specifically, right, Brian? This right. is prospect only. Yeah, Which on your board, on your board, as you look at these, uh, as you look at these players. And what I did was uh, Dane Brugler's top 100 came out yesterday. And what I want to do is uh, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, he had a couple of guys that were pretty close position-wise, and so I thought that would be a good opportunity for us to say, would you rather have this guy or this guy on your board? Uh, Dane does a hell of a job with his board, but uh, all scouts are different the way they see these players, so that's why I created this list. It's a really good list. Some of them are really tough to to really decipher between. By the way, you can check out Dane's Top 100 on The Athletic right now. Just go on there. If you've got the subscription, search Top 100, and you can even follow along as we do this. But let's start things off at the wide receiver position he has two wide receivers in the top three overall prospects Mm -hmm. at number two he has marvin harrison jr wide receiver out of ohio state six foot four 205 pound junior of course the pedigree with marvin harrison uh that's certainly there and he had a phenomenal season with the buckeyes but then right behind him out of Brian Broaddus' fight in LSU Tigers. Malik Neighbors is there. Six-foot, 200-pound wide receiver and a junior as well. Aisha, I'll start with you. Out of these two (laughs) prospects, which ones do you feel like you would go with? Which one do you feel like you would go with? Well, when comparing the two players, I feel like Marvin Harrison Jr. is more, is more is a little bit more of a route technician. Just a little, just I mean, it's so slight. It's it's very it's just a very small amount, but I also too in comparison, the yak ability between the two, I think if you're looking for I think Malik Neighbors has more of a yak. The yak ability is there a little bit more with him. I, I just think that his they have similarity mm. with the, the tracking and, and the strong hands, the concentration, the body control, similarities there. But I do think that the difference to me between the two was I look at Marvin Harris and I see how he runs his routes and, and everything and I think that he's just a, a little bit more smooth and Malik Neighbors just has a little bit more edge to him to me in how he plays from a physical standpoint point um and so i geez i mean who would i rather and it's not for the cowboys <laughs> just in general just put them stack them on your board i'm not about to piss nobody up i i <laughs> that's what the show's about well, it is i just think i just think it depends on what you what you what you like in a player so for me malik neighbor stood out 
Score. Your neighbors. I, I like it. He he just when I look at a player, <laughs> when I look at a wide receiver, I just I like his. And it's not to say that Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't have an edge to him because he does. But there's just this little bit of like attitude different. It's, it's very slight that I like in Malik Neighbors just a tad bit more. That's just me, and that is what it is. You spoke to that physicality with with Neighbors, and I think that's probably the biggest. Uh, concern I could find with Marvin Harrison Jr. whenever I was looking at tape on him and trying to find anything that I didn't like is the fact that he's typically brought down whenever he gets breathed on uh, on first contact. You're not going to see him slip many tackles, but you got to get to him first. I think that's the biggest thing with yes. him. He mm-hmm. creates separation so easily at the top of his routes. His releases are some of the best that I've seen at the Absolutely. college level coming out. It's it's tough to find many bad things about him. Whenever I look at Malik Neighbors, I I'd probably find a little bit more concern as far as being able to run away from guys compared to Marvin Harrison. He can. Compared to Marvin Harrison, I think there's a little bit more of that big playability from him. I think if you're looking for a receiver, which if you're drafting in the top of the first round for a receiver, you're looking for one that can change your offense and be able to add that highlight element to what you want to bring to an NFL offense. I think you get Marvin Harrison. Well, with Malik Neighbors, I think I, I don't know if I, I I think that Malik Neighbors, when he turns upfield and he's the way he's looking upfield to make plays, he's he's a little bit more angry of a runner to me and, I agree. Uh, yeah. and so even so where you would say okay well I don't know if um, I don't know if I think his balance is just a tad bit better um, yeah. you know and, and there's really? nothing really yeah, I think yeah, I agree. I don't. Th- I agree with that. Like, I, I don't think she's wrong. Marvin I don't, Harrison coming I don't down think on first contact. Like, that's that's one of the okay. biggest concerns I can you're, find. Just, just in terms of after catch, after catch. All right, balance. okay. Because yeah. I think you're talking I was thinking about. before you catch. To me, about. what sets him apart is I think Marvin Harrison Jr. along the sideline when it comes to body control, the foot yeah. awareness, yeah. Yeah. Is being able to you know high point the football, make some really difficult grabs. The neighbors will body catch a little bit. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm with you guys in terms of after the catch. Now, give me Roma Dunze over both of these guys. Oh, I was but, waiting for somebody to bring that up. But uh, no, I'm, I, I've got a Dunze at three. He but just I, but I, I do love Roma Dunze, and I just wanted. Do you to like him better love. than neighbors? It's that's really. I think I think they're closer to me than Harrison and Neighbors are. Wow. I got Harrison at number one. Now, do you still think both of these guys, Harrison Jr. and Neighbors, are top five prospects? Yes. In the draft. Yeah, I think uh, all three of those guys are probably top ten prospects for me. Do you agree, Brian? Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, the thing about it is the uh, it, it's because I sit on this panel here as an evaluator, and I know I'm an LSU guy. This is one of the best receivers ever to play at LSU. Go Tigers! And they've had <laughs> thanks, Ed. Thanks, yeah. Please. And they've had some uh, they've had some great ones. When you start to talk about Chase and Jefferson mm-hmm. and all that, this kid right here is Odell was all right. Yeah, <laughs> Jarvis Landry is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like I say, but they, they they've had some great ones, and this kid is right there with these guys. And you, when the way you watch him play. He loves to play the game. But Marvin Harrison, you could watch him and say the same thing. Marvin Harrison loves to play the game. You could see that. Both of those game-breaker kind of guys. I do think the difference between the two is run after catch. I I think there's some explosiveness to Neighbors' game. I think there's some finish to his game. I've seen him catch the ball, turn it up field, run through people, you know, and just bounce off guys, get extra yards and stuff like that. So, He's the master of the stutter goes. He can he can set you up. He can you know he runs across the middle. He can go deep. He he's he's got so much to his game. I people are gonna say Ah, oh, Broderick, you're an LSU homer. Okay, fine. I'm an LSU homer. Neighbors, I think, is a better player than Marvin Harrison. Could some of the physicality questions for Marvin Harrison Jr. stem from? He wasn't caught by anybody. I mean, he was so fast. He was so much a step ahead from defenders in the Big Ten and even some of the competition that Ohio State played outside of that. He never had to be physical when catching footballs on the film. Yeah, where it jumped out to me was when he was getting the ball in the short to intermediate range and having to kind of be able to find a hole and break through that. That was that was the only again the only concern I could find with Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, his catch radius is really impressive. And and to Zach's point, wingspan. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable uh, the way that he can contort. I mean, it's Michael Gallup-esque when Gallup was in his prime, his yeah. ability to make tough catches yeah. uh, with his wingspan, the catch radius, to your point. I think he's got the long speed. Neighbors runs more angry. I mean, you're he, and I think the body type that's that's what you said, is yeah. probably the difference, right? Because Marvin Harrison Jr. is a little bit long, slight build. Neighbors is taller. Neighbors is filled out. Yeah. You know, so Neighbors, I think, uh, physically, you look at him, he's got the, the probably he's a stronger player than 
Marvin Harrison Jr. is. But I think it's just the quickness, the ability to create separation, the route running. I just think all those things are a tick better with Marvin Harrison Jr. But the yak, I hear the argument, and I agree with you when it comes to neighbors. I mean, his foot quickness helps him when he does get the ball. Uh, when you talk, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr., when he does catch the ball, it's not like some – it's not he's not super shifty but it's like super, it's shifty enough to where he can make someone miss but i don't want to sit up here and act like the guy i mean if you look at him he, he's blocking downfield too guys like he is willing to to sacrifice his body in that way i was just and i think you bring up a really good point about the fact that i mean dog, his releases are just so crazy that sometimes people are just not even around him oh he makes a in ton of instances. plays but i will say too but i mean at the nfl level though there's going to be some people that can rock with you. Yeah. About Ball security. Rock. I mean, you watch Neighbors. I think that that might be one thing you could give to him. Marvin Harrison Jr., when he runs the ball, he'll leave some openings for you to get it punched mm-hmm. out a little bit from DBs. So Neighbors, I think, I mean, if you look at the next level, I don't think either of them have a fumbling issue by any means. Don't get me wrong. But that was something that I did put in my notes. He will give you an opening for the ball to get punched out by alert defenders with Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think Nick makes a great point, though, though. The first tackler. Mm-hmm. You see that, you know, you do see first tacklers sometimes getting Harrison down there. And I, I, I just think that to me, you know, give me the guy that's, give me the guy that defenders are trying to like are having problems with, you know, that we, we can't get this guy on the ground. You know, do you think it's a longevity thing? I, I, I don't want, listen, I don't want to sound like I'm thinking too hard into it, but do you think it is a, cause I do think there's a way to fall. There's a way to get tackled. If they, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you watch him, because you see that even in the NBA and stuff like that, where the guys take contact, they know how to take the contact and not injure themselves. When I look at him, there's a t- lot of time that his falls are calculated. Like he's, It's taught. It's he's, taught now. He's, yeah. His yeah. dad it's did taught. the same thing. It's taught. And so – and, and, and it's, I actually asked Brandon Cooks about this this season because if you notice that about him, he shields himself. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll do different things because he understands that his frame is, like you were talking about Marvin Harris's frame, his frame isn't the super strongest. So he yeah. does some things to protect himself. When I look at Marvin Harrison, sometimes I do think not avoiding contact. I just think he understands how to take contact and how. And so it doesn't look the same way as it does with Malik Neighbors where he's just like, I don't, I don't really care. Um, if you decide to contact me, I, I feel like we could spend an entire draft show I'm done. on just the wide receivers. <laughs> we really could. So many. It, it, there are so many class. fun ones. But let's so go many from activities. Loaded. the guys pass catching the ball to the ones that are throwing the ball. And there's two of them on this list that Brian put up there. And of course, LSU's own Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner. This is an LSU themed show today, folks. Oh. I hope you know that. Go Tigers. Yeah. So he was number eight on Dane's top 100. Jaden Daniels, of course, won the Heisman, had a phenomenal season, one of the college football's best seasons ever. Then you got Drake May, North Carolina, who's number four on Dane's list. So you got number four in May, number eight in Jaden Daniels. Nick, I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, I've I've actually gone back and forth between this um, the last couple of weeks, and I've I've been asking myself whether Drake May is closer to Caleb Williams or if Jaden Daniels is closer to, to Drake May. And I've been trying to have that conversation and, and trying to figure out kind of how that top three shape out in my mind because I'm trying to go, I'm trying to look at it from a holistic approach and not just put Williams at one. I think Williams is the one. I, I think he's one. Two, just the fact that I'm having that conversation with myself, I'm putting Drake May too. I, 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 love, I love what Drake May does from a pocket standpoint, mm-hmm. his feel in the pocket, being able to get out at the right times. He feels things behind him. I, I love that part of his game. I think it's going to translate to the NFL a little bit better than what Daniels does. We've talked a little bit about Daniels and how kind of lean he is at this point in his career. I would love to see him add 15, 20 pounds before he takes on a starting role in the NFL. I think with going in the first round, both of these guys will, with five years of development, if we're looking five years into the future, I think Drake May will be a more developed prospect by that point. But I still think Jaden Daniels will be an NFL starter in five years. Drake May, six foot four, two thirty, mm-hmm. and then you've got Jaden Daniels, who's six foot three, two oh five, and of course that's going to change whenever the combine comes around. We'll get more accurate yeah. numbers, and we'll kind of roll from there. But you could add oh. some of that weight if you want to, Aisha. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, man. This is uh, this is this is a challenge for me. Um, you've got the prototypical size for the position in Drake May. 
I do think he's pro-ready. I like the footwork. He'll stand in the pocket. He'll take a hit, deliver a throw when he's on. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. When he's on, the dude throws a catchable ball. He's super accurate. He shows an understanding of coverage. I think he plays the position with a lot of awareness. He'll throw the football away. But there are times where he's like, man, I'm a gunslinger. I'm going to trust my arm here. And he'll make some throws over the middle of the field that you're thinking, what the hell are you doing right here? Sometimes I want him to be a little bit more decisive. I think that Drake May fits more of your offensive coordinator and schemes in the NFL. I think Jaden Daniels is the better game-breaking NFL changer type of player. This dude is special. He is rare. He is a talent to where he can extend plays. He's an unbelievable runner, Lamar Jackson-esque, but he can also stand in the pocket. And what you love about him is when things are starting to break down around him, he's not always looking to bail out and run. He is keeping his eyes downfield, and he's only taking off once the play is officially broken down. He can step up. He can slide, navigate in the pocket. Between the two, uh, I I think I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels. I think when you're taking guys wow. that are up up here at this level, I want the game-breaker prospect. I think Drake Mays is a safer pick. I think if I'm an offensive staff, I'm going to have a plan for Jaden Daniels. Uh, he needs to make sure he's not taking as big of hits in the open field. This dude needs to get out of bounds sometimes or learn how to slide because he puts himself in harm's way. But he can flick it. He's got tremendous arm strength. Uh, I think I'm going to slightly go with Jaden Daniels here. That's interesting. What do you think, Brian? I'm going to go with uh, my guy once again from LSU, <laughs> and uh, I've Dikes. seen some games. I've seen some games where Drake May has uh, his. You know, you could see the arm talent; it appears good, and then others with the ball will die on him. Uh, I, I think that he could be a little hit and miss with his accuracy. Uh, he reminds me of Eli Manning, but with a little bit better ath- athletic ability. And I mean the way he stands in the pocket, the way he looks tall. There, I know Eli Manning is a potential Hall of Famer type of guy but the way that Eli Manning throws the ball and sometimes you don't always see the arm strength there but they the, he's got the touch he can throw the ball underneath he can throw the screens and the quick game stuff like that this guy's had three games though this year where he threw two interceptions you know uh, North Carolina State Minnesota App State his only victory top 25 victory was against Miami in a game where he threw four touchdowns so I don't know about him as far as the uh when you start to talk about big lights, big stage kind of guy. Yeah. And I, I think that when you look at Daniels, the only reason LSU won 10 games this year was because of Daniels. Yeah. They were historically bad on defense. He did win the Heisman Trophy. He deserved the Heisman Trophy. Um, he's got some inf- incredible toughness the way he plays. He took vicious hits throughout the year. He bounces back. He battles through the game. He doesn't give up on plays. Uh, he can embarrass tacklers in the open field. There's something about this kid that his ability to move and to feel, pocket awareness, get out, run. Mm-hmm. You think you have an angle, you don't have an angle. Uh, and he throws the ball well enough. I mean, he's got some super strong hands. You'll see him flag the ball. He'll like put the ball outside while he's running and stuff like that. But he doesn't turn it over. But his, his lack of bulk might turn some scouts off. That might be the problem right there. Skinny. He yeah. is skinny. He is, he is very – at 205, he does. He looks very – now, he's 6'3". It's not like what we saw last year with the kid at Carolina now, you know, with, uh, with uh, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. He, he is bigger than Bryce Young. But you, know, you start to talk about a narrow-framed guy. And, again, that might turn some guys off. I think the gamer effect is definitely something you have to take into account here whenever you compare these two. And I think Jaden Daniels does have a little bit more of that element to him. I think there's a big point to be made there. And I think that's why I go back and forth with the two so much. Right. We have this show two weeks ago. I'm giving you a different answer. (laughs) And I think after the combine, we can have a different Different answer. answer. Two weeks from now. These two guys are so close to each other. I think they'll go two and three. If if the three teams that are picking right now will stay at one, two, three. In my mock draft, I have these guys going one, two, three. I think to me, though, what's interesting, and, and I know this was a who would you rather between those two, I think those are the top three but who's your fourth guy i was going to ask that question the next one man next man up on dane's list is jj mccarthy out of michigan see i got penix i'm penix all day and, and i don't i don't get the jj mccarthy bonix hype for me, me like neither. i think mccarthy you want to take him in the second round maybe like sean payton in the broncos he could be a good fit there i think jj mccarthy i know cam newton got into a lot of trouble with the game manager talk mm-hmm. that's what mccarthy is for me I, I just don't see him making
making game-changing type of plays. I think he plays within the game, plays within the system. I mean, you're watching him. They're handing the ball off, handing the ball off. Then you need him to make a play on third down, and he'll sail a pass. I don't get it with J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Bo Nix, I definitely don't get it. I, I think don't. he's a third-round, fourth-round type it. of dude. Bo Nix is a one-read type of quarterback for me. I don't think either of them are first-round players. I think Penix is the next dude up. I'm right there Give with you. Give me that you. Bo Nix slander. Let's go. Yeah, you've, always, you've always had something <laughs> out for Bo Nix. Now, uh, there is a place in the NFL for guys like that. It is. There are places. I mean, one of the guys Maybe. played in the Super Bowl this past year. That Leave was him alone. Very much so like You're going to start it. I mean, come don't on start. Now. Let's not. Let's that. not. Let's not pretend Brock Purdy is the top quarterback in the NFL. I come mean, on, he's the best. No, that's not. Let's not come. That's you why just he beat lost. Patrick Mahomes. All I got no, we did not. <laughs> All right, let's go to offensive tackle. How about this? Sixteen and seventeen on Dane's top one hundred one hundred list. Offensive tackle out of Oregon State, Talisi Fuaga. Six foot five, three thirty-two, redshirt junior, making his way out of Oregon State. Then you've got a Marius Mims. Offensive tackle out of Georgia, 6'7", 330. Brian, who you got on this one? I'll tell you what. I went with the Oregon State kid yeah. here in this one. And, I, I, and I, I'll tell you why I did. Because, man, the, the thing about him is it's amazing his athletic ability for his size. Uh, he's so impressive. The foot athlete, he puts himself in position, the kick away from the line of scrimmage. Opponents have no shot to bull rush this guy. He's super, he's super uh, tough. He sits down. He's nasty in the run game. He can easily get movement off the snap. He will drive his man out of the play. There's several times you're watching the film and he's just driving his guy, you know, out of the way. Um, I think there might, you know, I think there might be some thought about moving him even to guard uh, because of the power and the ability to move. But I just love the way that this guy punishes defenders when helping teammates the power the finish he he makes me uh uh really really uh you know at six six three thirty four um those are all things to really really like about his game yeah whenever i looked at fuaga I, I i like that you mentioned the mobility because i put that his ability starts with his legs yeah. and it finishes it finishes with his violent hands um i saw that at senior bowl quite a bit i before going into the senior bowl i liked fuaga but yeah. i fell in love with him after that and, yeah. and they they threw a different kind of pass rushers at him they threw the athletic ones like lyle Tulatu, and then they threw the physical ones like a marshawn Nealon. and uh he he was able to combo both of those type of pass rushers with his feet first and then finishing with his hands i really love what he does and his experience i think is what's going to make me give yeah. him the the victory for me here in this would you rather mm -hmm. you talk about amarius mims and i know we've talked about it with just the eight starts but that's tough he's young tough. but he's not necessarily raw I, no, I, no, no, you're not, right. No, he's not yeah. necessarily raw at all. I think he can go into an NFL um, uh, franchise, be able to have a strong training camp and have an opportunity to start depending on where he lands. But I think with a little bit more of that experience in preseason and getting him uh, accustomed with an NFL offense early in the year with a team that might not be competing for a playoff spot, I think by year two, year three, we could be comparing these guys a lot more closer i think long term that's really tough to judge but right now as a draft prospect i'll take the experience if uh, two guys are kind of the same to me when it comes to on-field play yeah when you look at fuaga i don't think you can teach what he he does and just the you talk about the attitude and the determination he has a lot of tenacity in his game um and again i, I think mims has these things as well but i just you look at Fuaga and the tech, the technical side of things is there. I just think you have a, a more um, rounded player to start right with with Fuaga to start, and that's that would be my only thing is the experience and things. But I just don't think what he does in the run game and just how his the natural awareness and stuff from him is just it's just the guy just gets the position. It's you know so if I'm a, if I'm a coach or something like that, I kind of know exactly exactly what I'm getting right away with this guy in comparison to Mims, even though there's a lot of love for homie over here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> Both of, of those guys would be great and we're not I know we're not talking about Cowboys specifically, but I would I'd take I would take either Mims, one of those maybe. guys. Hey, Mims can maybe make it to 24. Mims could certainly make I it. Agree. Mims, I mean, Mims right is there. one of those guys where like 4 years from now if he ends up being the best tackle in this class, I wouldn't be shocked because the yeah. talent's there. But I'm going to go with Fuaga as well. I think he might be the best run-blocking tackle of the bunch. I mean, mm -hmm. I love what Alt can bring you, what Fashanu can bring you. But Fuaga is my favorite tackle uh, in this draft. He's nasty. He's mean. I like the kick and the slide. He's got natural bend as well. Sometimes he can get caught, you know, lunging a little bit right. so players can get caught underneath him. But Fuaga's a beast. 
You know, the thing about MIMS, and I'm going to ask you guys this, do you feel like that you can use him movement-wise in the scheme? I mean, do you feel like he's a light-footed enough guy to be able to move around a little bit? I thought he was effective as a puller. Did you? I, th- I thought he was effective as a puller. We're it's not as no, 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 Mims. 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 Get to the second it's not level. as it's not, not as, as pronounced. smooth. Yeah. It's not as like you can kind of see him have to build up. Like the transition sure. is smooth, but I do think it's something we talk about the experience. I do think that is something that could get better with the experience. But I do think as a as doing as being asked to do it, he can do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's Just got the ability uh, to do it. it. I think you're right, and maybe that is an experience issue because sometimes you'll see him get out in space, and he's like, I'm not sure who I need to block here. Yeah. And so he's a little late to picking up his guy. Maybe that's but what I picked up there. The talent, the talent. I do think – I think he's got the athletic – I mean, his I arms too. are so long. The, the thing is he's so big, when I'm watching him, I want him to just – beat people up yeah like it's you have the physical ability and strength to do it <laughs> Fuaga's doing that Fuaga's knocking people on the ground I'm like Mims be a little bit more aggressive here at the mm-hmm. point of attack is that something you can teach Brian to to an offensive tackle I know some guys have it like Fuaga yeah. has it yeah if you don't think Mims has that is something that he is that something he can pick up at the next level I think that you're going to have to try because yeah. I think Aisha's got him right I, I and, and Zach I like what you're saying about the hesitation I was just a little worried because I didn't see the smoothness, and, and I'm glad you explained it the way it is. I, I was thinking with the other guy, you know, he, he's just – you see him, and he, he locates, he's on it, and, hey. he's, and he's working. Mims is a little bit of hesitation, a little mm-hmm. bit I'm not sure, a little bit of I'm trying to get gathered to be able to do it. Uh, so that's why I had a little bit of a question. But both these guys are just mammoth. Yeah. You know, when you start talking about in the 330 and 340 range, I just felt yeah. like the Oregon State guy was just a little bit better scheme fit for me trying to, if I'm going to play with some outside zone or I'm going to play where I have to get second level or cut off backsides, he just seemed like he had a little bit more to his game there. Yeah. It's natural for him, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he I think he, I, with, with Mims, I, one thing I was looking for him to do is finish blocks. There you that. go. Yeah. Yes. To, to, to yeah. and Fuaga. There's finisher. no doubt. Yeah, like he he's does. trying to drive you completely out of the play. Yeah. Now, um, the injury that Mims had, what was it? He had a surgery. He correct? had an ankle. He had an ankle in the South Carolina game. Is what, he, that's what a tightrope. Yeah. yeah. Surgery is. Yeah. George is yeah. famous for this. George is famous for this tightrope. This high ankle sprain. It's called tightrope, and they and they they connect the bones together. They bring the bones back together, and they did it with the, the uh, tight end Brock Bowers. Brock, Brock Bowers did it, and he came back sooner. So George is kind of working on this, but they did this. But he he got hurt in the South Carolina game and missed six games. Yeah. But they did the tightrope on it. Okay, you brought up Brock Bowers. Can I throw out a, a would you rather that I think I might be oh, an, on an island here? here? Can we do it on the second segment? You want to? Yeah, because we've got I two more. I, I want to get, get to. myself in trouble with. I've this got take, two more that we want to get to, and then we can add yours All as right. the third, and we could talk about it uh, before we go to break. Taliese, right? Is that how you say his first I've name? I've been seeing Talisi. That's what I've been seeing. You've seen Talisi? Like I'm looking at Oregon State's pronunciation guide, and it could be wrong. Bang. I've seen plenty of college pronunciation <laughs> guides that are wrong. But Taliese, or Taliese is what they've got. Tall E-S-A. T. There you go. Fuaga. We've got you, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Just go T, Fuaga. Fuaga from, <laughs> from Oregon State. All right, when we come back, we're going to continue with some would-you-rathers. We've got some edge rushers. Apparently, Zach wants to talk about some tight ends. We're going to talk about that when we come back right after this on more of the Draft Show. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. 
They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The CONCACAF Nation League's finals are coming to AT&T Stadium. <laughs> Don't miss your chance to watch North America's best soccer teams battle it out in the semifinals in March on March 21st. Then see who lifts the trophies in the championship match on March 24th. Tickets are available now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Get I'll be there. Soccer did, you, did you see the clip of uh, Pat McAfee? He was interviewing Thierry Henry. No, soccer. I did not see and that. And he kept pronouncing it wrong. Oh, the Conca-Cat, <laughs> Conca-Cat. Yeah. He kept saying it wrong, and, and Tyrone Henry was looking at him like, you're not serious, are you? You're not serious. He kept, I, I can't even he remember got, how he said it. He, he was, was, so he was like, our trophy means more than that trophy that you get. You know, he was just trying to – I think he was doing a complete bit. Yeah. But Henry's face was like, just kind of like, really? And you would think McAfee would be a soccer guy, too. Yeah. Like, typically punters and kickers were or are. Yeah, sure. I, mean, you look I think, I think he was doing a bit. I, yeah. I really do yeah, yeah. think he was doing a was bit. Was he saying, like, Conk-K-Kafe? Conk-K-Kafe. 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 <laughs> yeah, he was saying something that was completely wrong. <laughs> Conk-K-Kafe. And, 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 What's the right way to say it? Conk-K-Kafe is the way you say it. Okay. Conk-K-Kafe is the way that you are supposed to say it. Yeah. It's worth going. If you have if you have an opportunity to go, you ought to go. He just totally butchered it. It is absolutely the... Well, it's an acronym, and it's C O. N C A C A F. That's what he was saying. Concave. He goes, Our concave trophy means more than that. You know, he was just going on and on. Tyrion Reed was just kind of looking at him like, Concave? He was right by us, by the way, at Radio Road doing an interview. Pat? No, um, Oh. oh my gosh! What a following he has! Oh, it was like crazy. People, he he's a got a he's got a media crew that goes with him everywhere he goes. That's pretty sweet. That's just yeah. like you at Media Row, right? Yeah, far from it. <laughs> Brian's a who's who out Zach's, there. Well, Zach's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. But we need to get back to this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> took us off the track. I got to ask you about the vending machine food. Whenever oh, we get back dude, to it, it really the pizza was awful. It was not good. Yeah, I would not recommend it. I mean, it's a cool machine, but that's about it. Pizza out of a machine. All right, uh, let's go with edge rushers first here. I want to talk about Jared Ver- or Jared Verse from Florida State versus Bayatu Latu from UCLA. Also touching tags on Dane Brugler's top 100 yeah. list on the Athletic. 21 and 22. Zach, where would you start on this one? Uh, better all-around player is Verse. I think he's the best all-around edge when it comes to you know playing the run and rushing the passer. But I'm going to go with Latu because this is all about getting after the quarterback, and I have Latu as the best overall pass rusher in the draft. I think his bend is unique and it's exceptional. It reminds me of Demarcus Ware-esque. You know his ability hmm. to just get low. He's tough. He's got a nice little cross chop. He'll rush wide. He can loop all the way around the quarterback, get upfield. I do think his gap disappears 
discipline uh, is an issue for me. I think verse is better when it comes to that. I think he can play, you know, stand up outside linebacker, can put his hand in the ground. He's got room to improve, but I think he's the best overall pass rusher. Him and Chop Robinson are the top two guys for me. But verse, if you want a guy that's just all around, can set the edge, play the run, but also gives you some pass rush ability, verse is the better all around guy, but I'm going to lean Law to. That's funny you mentioned about um, Law two's gap discipline because the one negative that I did put with him is run game. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of concerns there, but I think that's going to come with more experience, A, and then two, as he kind of fills out his lower half. Mm-hmm. Like I said, whenever I came out of Senior Bowl, the whenever I look at his frame, when I look at his body, I still see room for him to grow in his lower half. Uh, you could still probably add 10, 15 pounds there. I think if you want a guy to be physical, you want a guy that's dual purpose as far as being able to rush the passer but also being able to defend the run you go with Jared Verse but if you want a guy that's going to attack the quarterback and be athletic and violent and be able to get to him and bring him down then you go get Latu I think Latu is going to be the sack guy that's going to blow away um, um, you know blow away you know those stat categories whenever you look at rookie of the year and things about a year from now but I think when you look at three four years from now the better developmental project I think it's Jared Verse nice Hmm. wow I'll tell you what, because I had a hard time with these two. I do love me some verse, and I'm worried about what I'm going to hear from the medical from mm. Latu. You know, is are people going to, you know, he, he was at the University of Washington, and they asked him not to play football anymore. Medically retired. Medically retired, and then came back. And I wonder if that's going to uh, ding him uh, further down the road. I, I, I love what you guys are saying. I just, the thing with, with Latu, I just, I think that... The pass rush ability is absolutely top shelf there. I think the more complete player is verse. I agree with that. I just yeah. think the more complete player, uh, you know, and because, like, he'll hold his ground. He reads the play. He reacts to the play. He's a good tackler in the open field. He can finish the play in a hurry. He, you know, wraps up in space and all that. The better, like I say, the better pass rusher is the UCLA kid. But the guy that plays the most complete game, is verse and I think I would put verse above him in this uh, in this regard. Oh, my, <laughs> I'm over reading my notes as you're going yeah. up. Um, I, uh, one and you're the, saying that Brian doesn't know what the hell he's talking. No, about. no, no. I mean, <laughs> as you're reading your notes, when you look in, in comparison to size and build, yeah. they're similar. They're they're just a little off from each other as far as the size and their build. But I will say when you talk about Jared Verse being the more um, I, I don't know, just the more I, I think he's just a little bit more under control mm. yes. than Latu is. And I, I feel you because I like a little bit of Latu's not being under control because he, you know, he just flies to the ball. And also, too, shout out to FSU for what they're doing over there with yeah. that program. Because when you turn on that tape of that defense, holy moly, they are flying. Well, and ball. I'll never forget verse two years ago, Brian can test this. He wrecked LSU in that opener. Oh, yeah. And then unfortunately got hurt. But he was I mean, I thought he was coming out last year and would have yeah. been a top fifteen pick. Yeah, yeah and, and when you mentioned verse, I mean he he's not super bendy. It's just enough. Yeah. It's just it's to me it's just enough, but he but he is flexible. He's not bendy, but he's he has some flexibility because you gotta have some flexibility to be in the two point the two point stance and then go to the three point stance and right. being able to move around like that. I if I had to choose one of them as far as like I'm if you wanna go do some crazy things then you would choose Latu and that's fine. But yeah. if you're with D N and what it is in this league now you're looking for somebody that can really contain that edge and be disciplined and play under control and stuff. And I'm thinking, I just think that verse is going to be the better player there. But I will say, I do you think that people are going to, not just the injury with lot yeah. two guys, do you think people are going to care about the age? He's 24. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, not yeah. old, but... When you look at the end of a first contract, I mean that's that's coming up yeah, later than you would be twenty nine. Like, I know it's a different point. position, but Jackson Powers Johnson just turned twenty one or twenty two a couple weeks ago. So sure. it's obviously completely different. So you have to factor in those things, I think, especially whenever you're talking about yeah. a fifth, six year player. And no, that's I think part you're of right. the, part of Michael Penix as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. do yeah. you draft him in the first round to keep him five years and, and go ahead and lock him down? Or are you okay with letting him push to the second third and getting him potentially on a four year deal? So it's it's things you think about. I always think so. about when we were in we're here in Dallas. We drafted Terrence Newman, and he was an older guy out of Kansas State. And he's like, you can't draft an older guy. And he played till he was like forty. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes some of these edges sometimes play. you sometimes you you're like, and eh, the older guy. I think with quarterbacks now, I think people are digging the fact that these guys are maybe a little older, mm-hmm. and maybe they've played a little bit more games. You know, yeah. so I, I don't think that used to be where people would use that against them. 
I don't think they're doing that much yeah, anymore. Yeah, I think the only position would be running back now. Where it's like, I'm sure. not taking an yeah. old guy. You've got tread you got on the tires. Like versus 23. Yeah. yeah. Did Terrence Newman have injury questions, though? Because both Penix and no, Lotu no, have no, injury no, no, history. No, no, no. Ter- no Extensive no. ones at that. No. Terrence was fine. Yeah. He, 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 he never got I hurt. think when you pair the age with the injury history, that's, that's where it's going to That's going to be the question for Latu. That's going to yeah. be the question. If if all of a sudden we're starting to hear whispers out of the combine that, you know, wow, this 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 injury is, you know, he plays through it or it's going to be something you're going to have to deal with down the road. Yeah. Well, there, here comes your faller. He was yeah. an FBS best 25% pass rush win, win rate yeah. last year. That's insane. That's yeah. Quarter of the time he's in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I Oh, my bad. What was that? I wanted to. I, I wanted to. Do you? I want to ask you guys. When you watch Latu, and what he does on the edge, can you see that he was a linebacker? Oh and yeah. What, and what, you and see what the athleticism. Yeah. You see the athleticism, but also too, I'm. You see, I see him reading. Yeah. A cl- yes. A crap. Yes. Game yes. From the position. Yes. yes. And. I, he's he's so intriguing. I just want to ask you. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want yeah. to make sure Part I was seeing yeah, well, I like what him. I thought I was yeah. seeing is like I, he's reading consistently, and I think also too it helps him with angles as well mm-hmm. when he's playing the run. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping. Thanks. And throwing him in as a decoy is kind of interesting from a pass rush perspective because you can see him about to attack the ball and he'll drive back in coverage. He's fine. And I I, I talked about that play here on the show that I saw at Senior Bowl during the practices where he was lining up, coming off of the left edge, going up against the left tackle. And um, he was going up against Michael Penix and he dropped back in coverage. And I think it confused Penix a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so Penix was like, okay, I'll roll out. Latu won't follow me if I roll out. And he followed him step for step. And then Penix had to throw it out of bounds in a practice set. His arms are so long. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It's it's interesting. He's he's got those coverage knacks, and I think it'll really help if you're looking for a defender that can kind of be able to bridge the defensive front with that second level. Yeah. Next scenario: Tyler Newman, safety from Minnesota, against Jaden Hicks, safety from Washington State. Are these two different guys? Yeah, right. I think so. <laughs> Very Forty-one and forty-three on Dane's list, by the way. The guys I, I hated when you put this on there. Well, I, I, mean, I just texted Brian the other night, and I was like, dude, I think I was late to the party here when it comes to our Washington State cap, but holy hell, is mm. his tape fun. Like, him and Peyton Wilson might be the most fun I've had watching anybody <laughs> during this entire draft process. This is tough, because Nubit, I think, is super uh, similar to Verse, right? I think he is great in coverage. I think he comes up. He's a sure tackler. Jaden Hicks is a game-breaker. Jaden Hicks, to me, I put in my notes, like, he reminds me of a Harrison Smith, Troy Polamalu type of hybrid. I think he's a Tasmanian devil out there. Mm -hmm. He's better to me when he's around the line of scrimmage because he can just wreck plays. I think he lacks elite long speed, but he's super quick, super aware, explosive downhill, tackles anything that moves. But the thing with him is he's just always around the ball. Both of these guys are kind of like that, but Jaden Hicks, to me, just stands out like the ball finds him. I think the instincts are a little bit better. Newbin might be a better coverage guy, but you see Hicks as well playing the deep high safety. I think he had an interception on Michael Penix this year mm-hmm. playing that. So he can cover. It's not like he can't. But I'm going to lean with Jaden Hicks here just because I think he's more of a playmaker than Newbin. Wow. Does the fact that he's a late bloomer <laughs> question you a little bit? Is no. that, that, that I think his best football is ahead of him. That's that's fun. That's the best type yeah, of prospect, right? Get him. Yeah, get him. A, no, 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 no. Get I'm him. saying J- Jaden is a he's a terror dog. He is. He's a tear close to Tasmanian the line of devil. and um, just the way he diagnoses and comes downhill. Now, we you said are these guys two different guys? I think both of these guys have some versatility. I think both can play some free safety, both can yeah. play some strong safety. But I do think that Tyler Newbin could be more effective is uh, in the nickel uh, than yeah. what I think Jaden Hicks could be. And I, but I do think that Jaden Hicks has the ability to do some things and die. I think Mike Zimmer would love Jaden Hicks. Oh, yeah. Immediately, immediately, yeah. immediately. You know what's so funny is like I think that Zimmer would like this guy <laughs> would like Jaden Hicks, and I think the gentleman that just left and went to Washington would really like. Yes, him. I think you're the way that you look at it. But um, in regards to the player, I mean, I, I think his backside discipline, Jaden Hicks, is really good. I, and the way he plays, it's the way he plays the run that stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Because Newman's more the ball hawk. Yeah, 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 that's that's what stood out to me the most. And, and even when when and he's not as fluid in man coverage just yet, like that's something you can tell he's still working. But he's he's explosive, but he's not quick. 
breaking mm-hmm. break into the ball. Like it's if that doesn't make sense. Like um, and but also too, uh, he's he's a thumper. Like he's coming downhill. He's trying to make sure you know that he's there. But I do think he can show up his tackling a, a little bit more. But Tyler Newbin, um, watching him and getting an idea of what he can do, he's ideal and rangy in coverage um he has good zone awareness and he's fluid um he's fluid and he can cover a lot of ground fast yeah the ball skills really stand out um because he's he he's baiting quarterbacks at times sure he's he's he's, he's i mean it's i mean i know i call sydney brown swiper this this might be swiper for real because <laughs> you don't how many times are you watching him and you're like how did they not because he's a big dude yeah he is but people don't be seeing him yeah, yeah. but i think that takes like it takes iq to be able to do some of the things he does i I really like I like I like me some Tyler Newbin and I think Jaden Hicks it could be fun definitely if you need run support if you need a guy to come down there and be a tone setter but Newbin I think is the more com- complete player right now. She said it all. I'm she not going to steal no. it from all y'all. No man, that I you know what I love both players I really really do. Tyler Newbin to me though he, I think he's one of the best safeties in the country. I mean, the awareness, the instincts, yeah. uh, you know, what others are standing still on the defense, he's running. Yeah. You know, like people at the, the Golden Gophers are not, they're, they're not, they're all standing there. And he's, he's like, no, I'm running, I'm going, I'm going to go get the ball. He could punish ball carriers with his closing speed. He makes a ton of plays going downhill, attacking the line of scrimmage. Um, he's not going to let the receiver make the play on him. He's going to get his eyes around. He's going to play the ball well in the trail position. I think he covers better, and that's kind of why I would give him the nod over the other guy. Because you watch, I, I and I ask you this because I think that Hicks is more of a strong safety. I know they're interchangeable nowadays, that's and that's fair. what and that's what Zimmer's going to look at. But I think that I think Hicks is really more of a strong safety, whereas Newbin is more of a free. Yeah. And if I had to put one back deep that can cover, I think I would go with Newbin. But I will I'll tell you this. I did see Hicks run with guys in the slot that were faster than and him. He he did. And he, and he, he carried carried him. Yeah. And he carried them. And he carried them. I just think he impacts I, the game. Yeah, I no, mean, you, you, yeah. yeah, it's that's a tough you call right know there. Where but, he is. But, but yeah, it is. But I went very I, good. I went Newbin on the slight. I, like, I just just the coverage. What you got? I like Hicks's man coverage ability and yeah. being able to stick with guys at nickel or being able to even they, they worked him at some boundary at times as well this sure. past season and they moved him around. But I think when you look at range and what you want from a safety to be able to come in as an early guy uh, and, and play day one, I think you want to trust a guy like Tyler Newbin. I think yeah. he's my safety one. I, I stand on that. I, I think he's going to be playing in this league for a very long time. What I like to do with really fun safety prospects and this is kind of a sicko thing that I like to do. I want to whenever they're playing. Single high coverage. I'll put that dot in the middle of my screen, and I'll get a uh, expo marker, yeah. and I want to draw a <laughs> radius around where he can yeah. affect the play from that single high coverage. Newbin, I was covering my entire laptop screen. I wiped Does your it screen down. look okay. Yeah, I wiped it down. Okay, but I, 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 Newbin it covered my entire screen. I mean, that guy, he steps up and run coverage. He yeah. can step back. I mean, his his ability to affect a play spans anywhere from 20 to 25 yards in any given play. I, that's that's what I love about him. I think his instincts are phenomenal. You mentioned him always moving yeah. around and always being on yeah. top of the ball. That plays into it. I I love Newbin, but I, I also love what Hicks does from a coverage standpoint. I just don't think he has the range that Newbin does, but frankly, I don't think anyone in this draft class does. You Other all than mentioned... Bullard. Okay, we can talk about Bullard <laughs> later. You all mentioned instincts for both of these guys. Who has better instincts based off of what you've seen Newbin. so far? Newbin. Yeah, Newbin. In coverage? In coverage. Yeah. Newbin, yeah. Okay. Specifically in zone. Yeah, I say Newbin. I mean, but that yeah. But he's played a lot of he's played a lot of football. Yeah. Yeah. He's played a lot of football in Minnesota and uh, the production just stands out to you as well. It kind of lets you know like he he probably understands more. He's seen more. He's yeah. just been on the field a lot more. Brian incredible list top to bottom. It was cool. That was a lot of fun, that was fun. to to dive into. We've got a wild card coming up. We're going to talk about Brock Bowers and insert name here yeah. at the tight end position. Zach Wilchuk's got a wild card scenario as we wrap up a Would You Rather edition of the Draft Show right after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew Thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At LaserCare Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. 
Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus. At Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl, handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or any time you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, got to remind you that Dallas Cowboys Game Time, powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys, is here. You can sign up now to compete in Fortnite for a chance to win a VIP experience at the 2024 Dallas Cowboys Draft Party. Qualifiers begin on February 24th and run through the 28th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboys.com slash Game Time. All right. We've got one more scenario. We've been rolling through these would-you-rathers of the 2024 NFL Draft class, stacking our board with Zach Wolchuk, Nick Harris, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam in the back. And, Zach, you've got one more scenario you want to throw at us. Yeah, just for fun. Uh, I mean, I, I brought Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia, who I think is probably a top-ten type of pick that everybody loves. And I think since his freshman year, we've kind of looked at him as an elite tight end prospect. He's number five on Dane's top 100, by the way. Or Jatavian Sanders, the wide receiver out of Texas, local kid, went to Denton Ryan. Uh, We all got to cover him in high school, actually played defensive end at Ryan. I wasn't sure if he'd stay there, but he wanted to play offense. I mean, the dude is just an absolute freak show. Now, Bowers is incredible. I mean, it's like any way to get the ball in his hands. First ever back-to-back John Mackey award winner. Can line him up in the slot, out wide, in line. The question for me is, and he's a willing blocker. But you want a guy that can set the edge for you at tight end and that is not only a weapon in the passing game but also in the blocking game. And the best tight ends in today's NFL do this. You look at Kelsey, you look at Kittle, go down the list, they can block. And I think Jatavian Sanders is a better blocker. Out of Texas. Out of Texas than Brock Bowers out of Georgia. And he can also make plays over the middle of the field. You know, there's no question Bowers in terms of long speed, is, is a better playmaker uh, with the ball in his hands. But Jatavian Sanders, I think, gives you everything. If you talk about the most complete tight end in the draft, and that's kind of some of the arguments we've been having with these, I would lean with JT Sanders over Brock Bowers. I think Brock Bowers in the passing game, far superior player. When you combine the receiving ability and the blocking ability, I really love what I see in Jatavian Sanders. By the way, Brock Bowers is number five. All right, all right. Thank you, Matthew. (laughs) Jatavian Sanders is number 50 on Dane's list. So you and Dane would have a a conversation about Like, There's no, there's no, I mean, Bowers is going to go ahead of Jatavian Sanders. But just projecting ahead four years, five years from now. The player you like the most. The better player. Because, I mean, like Kyle Pitts we all loved. Kyle Pitts, and and maybe this is a product of the offense he's playing in, but he has not lived up to that top ten expectation. Jatavian Sanders is a guy that's going to go later that I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a better NFL tight end than Brock Bowers. Is it a lot of it because of the size? A lot of it's, but it's the blocking to me. It's, it's the just, It's the all-around player. It's being able to set the edge in the run game, but also it's I kind of got a little verse to it. Yeah, I think yeah. he can run the. I think he can run routes. He can feast over the middle of the field. Uh, he's not going to be a game breaker when it comes to elite speed. Brock Bowers is, and Brock Bowers is a fun chess piece. He's just an offensive weapon to me. Yeah. He's kind of a borderline wide receiver as a tight end, but he. It's not that he's not a willing blocker. Uh, the size, though, I think, is a drastic difference between these two players. Okay. 
This one's tough for me because I'm biased with Jatavian Sanders because <laughs> I've known Excuse him for, me. gosh, going on six years now. But I, I like everything you said. And, man, Jatavian Sanders took some hits this year that I'd be worried Brock Bowers taking. And so th- those I, I brought up those concerns on Tuesday whenever we talked about mm-hmm. Brock Bowers on this show. And, you know, is the size a concern? I, I think that's something you definitely look at at Combine and kind of see how those two guys stack up next to each other. But, man, I love what Jatavian does from a physicality standpoint. And it shows in route running. It shows at, uh, at the point of the catch. I, I think there's a lot of things to love about Jatavian, but it's so close for me. I would take Bowers just above, but I think both of these guys are first-round caliber players. I think there's definitely a chance for Jatavian Sanders to sneak into the first round. Let me ask you guys this question then. the After the catch, is it better than – is it uh, – to you, how how important is that when you got your guy run after catch? Say you're tight end. I mean, it's important Something. certainly. Okay, you have to have it. You have to have the wiggle. And Bowers is better after the catch, but it's not like Sanders is is bad. Yeah, that's I, I think it's the, the speed's the difference. But Sanders can break tackles. He can run through you. He's not quite as sudden and flexible as Bowers is. But I think he can he can bounce off defenders better than Bowers can. So where would you rank them blocking? Would you put it over right I think that's the biggest gap between them. I think the the gap in blocking with pro Sanders to Bowers is the biggest gap in their games. But what what are you asking? You're asking which was more important? Yeah, I I was asking, like, which one is more important to you right now? The fact that you have him as a blocker or the fact you have one of the best run-after-catch guys in the country? Depends what team you're you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, I would say it's the scheme fit. Well, and let me add another element into this. I mean, you talk about possession receivers at the tight end position and how important that is. Who's the better pass catcher in general? Who has the better hands, Sanders or Bowers? I think they are right there together. There's I, there, there's, the catches that Sanders has made. Yeah, there's not He's much. had some phenomenal grabs. Yeah, to me, the thing that the thing, the biggest difference to me is Bowers run after catch. Yes, yeah. is I think that's elite with him. Yeah, it is. You know, but the thing about it is, I'm trying to think: Do I? Is it more important to me to have a more complete player or have a guy that I think is elite after catch? Yeah. Like that's why I leaned law to in the verse conversation. It's more important to me to have the pass rusher that can impact the passing yeah. game than the all-around end. In this conversation, in today's NFL, I think Sanders is a three-down player. I think you might be subbing out Bowers in some run situations. Well, that's what I was about to say. I guess it depends on what your room looks like, your tight end room looks like, because I think we are starting to see more teams have not a committee of tight ends, but one typically can do something better than the other or vice versa or whatever the case may be. Now, if you got two that can block well – I'm jealous, but uh, I mean, <laughs> but and, and are and are still able to be receiving threats. But I do also it, it extends to your play calling because when you can have guys act like they're blocking and then they can slip, but they're actual threats, like real threats. They're not just there for decoration. I do think it puts a lot of pressure on defenses to have to get after it and to deal with those guys um, that are able to block effectively and also to slip into slip into the uh, second level and, and do some things. Where, where Bowers has a chance is he has. To the block on the move. He's not going to. Yeah. Sanders could play in line. Bowers doesn't play in line. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem right there. If you want an in line, when I talk about in line next to the tackle, uh, you know, he, he, Sanders is, he could do that. Bowers, to me, when you put him on the move on the edge, when he could run with somebody and play in space that way, I think that's where he's better. You know, he has to be on the move. I don't think he's going to sit there and hammer anybody playing in line. I agree. So yeah. do you forfeit yeah. the dynamic playmaking ability for the block, the lack of blocking? That's, That's the hard. You I just wanted to throw yeah. it out there. Like, I yeah. think Bowers, everybody's going to have him number one. I I mean, in my stack, I'm going to have Bowers and Sanders. I'm going to have Bowers yeah. ahead of him. But I do think Jatavian Sanders is a little bit closer. And I think overall, when you look at just the best, most complete tight end of the draft, you can make a case he's that. Could you see a chance or a scenario where Bowers falls out of the top 10 and Sanders sneaks into the the first round, if that's the case? Because if he's still stacked 1-2, but there are these questions on how he does perform as a blocker, how he does perform in line, will you maybe see a, a hesitation from teams to take him in the top 10? And then if Jatavian Sanders is that complete prospect that he is, Maybe instead of being in the 50s where Dane has him right now, he sneaks up inside the top 32. Bowers is just such an offensive weapon. I do think that a team's just going to fall in love with him and say, hell, let's do this. But, yeah, I don't see him falling out of the top 15. Yeah. I think you could get the the three quarterbacks and a run on offensive tackle, so maybe he does slip out of the top 10. Mm-hmm. But I think Sanders could sneak himself into the back of the first round, absolutely. My first line of my report was that 
Loved Kyle Pitts from the 2021 NFL draft, and I feel like this guy's a similar player, but mm. slightly better. Oh, you think he's better than I Kyle I think he's better than Kyle Pitts. Ooh, How yeah. many times have you been able to look at a tight end prospect coming out into the draft and say that this guy is a threat pre-snap? Like you have yeah. to, you have to account for him the moment he steps between the lines. I think Kyle so Pitts was that, that guy. Yeah. yeah, you can't. Yeah. You probably can't say many on yeah. on your two no, hands. No, and Brock Bowers is definitely one of those. He is. You see what Georgia did as far as getting him free releases and yeah. getting him going in the receiving game as the as his career went on. It's he's so dangerous as an offensive weapon. It's it's so tough to be. He's able a to tight end that'll run jet sweeps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's rare. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I had to put it, even knowing what happened in the NFL career, I think I liked Kyle Pitts better than I like Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. But both are elite prospects in their own right, and they 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 certainly, of course, haven't seen that from Kyle Pitts in Georgia. We saw it during Brock Bowers' time at the University of Georgia, and we'll see how it turns Man, into the NFL that. as well. I hate that Kyle Pitts. It's just one of the downsides of of this of this in general is like I, I really have a huge gripe with player development and yeah. things like that when this type of stuff happens but I'm just not going to go there today <laughs> you got a coach that lost his box. job because of it so yeah. you're not the only one that feels that way <laughs> there there you go Lil, would, would you rather today sending you into the long weekend with uh, with a little bit of draft Wait. talk what Huh? we're done I know, I know, I know that. Over. I know that. I'm talking about Monday. Ooh. Yeah, Monday's off. It's, it's like President's Day. President's Day. Yeah. I will not be here. Yeah, I'm not going to be in the building. So okay, we'll see how it goes. We'll see you on Tuesday though. Yeah. Back yeah. here for the draft show. We're not missing one of these. Oh, no, what? we are not. We will be back on Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central Time to break it all down for you. For Zach Wolchuk, Nick Harris, Brian Broadus, Aisha Morrison, and Chris Beam in the backup, Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!